Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Who had a dad who had those stories? The whole snow thing and all that. Yeah, I did not. My dad did not have a lot of stories. He was a man of very few words. <laughs> I don't know. One of the things they talked about having using hot sauce as visine. Have you, has anybody ever gotten hot sauce in their eye? I have. It is like you can't think straight because it hurts so much. <laughs> well, it is Father's Day. It must be because I'm up here preaching, right? <laughs> you usually see me on Father's Day. Um, God's always wanting to work in our life. And uh, this particular day, he, he was going to call three people into his presence to tell what's going to happen in the next 30 days. And so he calls... Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, and Bill Gates. And he says, look guys, I, I need you to go back and tell your people, your followers, what's going to happen. And basically what is going to happen is, in 30 days, it's all going to end. And he sends them off on their way. And so Vladimir Putin goes back and he goes to his followers and he says, I've got bad news and I've got terrible news. <laughs> the bad news is uh, our whole ideology and way of life was wrong and God is going to end it all in 30 days. Donald Trump goes back to his followers and he says, I've got uh, good news and I've got bad news. Um, the good news is our God is on his throne and he's doing what he's going to do. And the bad news is in 30 days, it's all going to end. And then Bill Gates goes back to his followers and he says, I've got good news and I've got great news. Uh, the good news is I am one of the three most important people on the planet, according to God. And the, bad news, the, good, the, good, the better news is we will not have to send out this year's Windows update. <laughs> and if you're a Windows user, they're like hourly, it seems, which is kind of crazy. Uh, one of the, just the, one of the aspects of that, and I think it's something that we don't consider, is time. We're run by it, we're pushed by it, uh, we're stressed by it, but time is one of those things where I, I don't think we really connect to the fact that, you know, we may have more time in this world, but other people may not. Uh, some people, you know, the next 30 minutes could be their last 30 minutes and God has a plan in all of this for them and for us. Um, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, God puts people into our lives uh, that he wants us to connect with, just as he puts people in our lives that he wants us to be impacted by. So uh, this morning, is, it's going to be a kind of a unique mix of things for us. Uh, and I say that because... Dads, I'm going to focus on you a lot today because it's Father's Day and it's mandatory. Uh, secondarily, <laughs> whose music is playing? <laughs> I will be completely distracted. No, it's okay. Um, but also, you know, Christian men, as I don't want you to check out because you're either not a dad yet or you don't think you will be or whatever. I want you to know that there's a spiritual aspect to this message today too. Um, you know, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. Uh, you know, I look at what Paul wrote to the people who were, he was trying to reach out to, and he has a very fatherly tone in a lot of his stuff, especially the book of Ephesians, I think, and I'll talk about that later. 
but there are, you know, we're supposed to be disciplers. And, you know, we have that imagery of a new baby in Christ and being born again. And as men, we need other men who are willing to reach out, who are willing to challenge people with the gospel, who are willing to grow other believers. And uh, so it's gonna, there's going to be this unique mix today where, you know, dads, I'm going to be focusing on you. By Christian men, I'm going to be focusing on you too. Because we can't just check out because we're not a dad. Um, I, I think God wants us to be spiritual fathers as well. Um, growing, <laughs> you know, being part of growing his kingdom. So just keep that in mind. And ladies, of course, the Bible is applicable to everybody, so there's something for you too. So God is just that wonderful. So being a champion for Christ. We'll be in Ephesians 6. Uh, it's page 1347 in uh, one of those Bibles that are sitting in the chairs there, if you want to use that to keep on track with us. Um, otherwise, you can use your copy of the Bible and go to Ephesians 6. We're going to be looking at verses 10 through 20. Uh, we're going to speed quite, a, quite along today because, as usual, I've got way too much to say. <laughs> so hopefully I can dial it back a little bit. All right, so follow with me starting in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. It's finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of this wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Pray with me. Father, I come before you this morning thankful. Thankful for your word, thankful for the truth that it contains, but Lord, also thankful for the fact that you provide the Holy Spirit to equip and to challenge and to grow us as individuals. I pray today, Lord, for every man in this room that your word would not only touch their head, but touch their heart. Lord, that you would spark something in them or renew something in them that is in line with your plan and your design for each man here today. That we would leave here energized, for the work of the kingdom of God. Father, we're thankful for the fact that we don't have to do this alone, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but you want to do this with us, in us, and through us. And we lift these things to you now in Christ's name. Amen. As I said, I think Philippians, Philippians, Ephesians, <laughs> has a fatherly tone. Um, it's instructive, it's caring, it's challenging, it's personal. Uh, we look at everything that precedes this, and so much of it is about the relational aspect, husbands and wives, and then you know, children and fathers, and then workers and their the employers. 
and there's just, so much of it is relational in, in tone and aspect. And then it just, it seems strange that all of a sudden you come to the armor of God. Why is that? And I, I think there's something, especially for men, that there's got to be something obvious for us, something visible for us to, to connect to, because men are visual, right? And, you know, what do you notice when you're around? People in dress clothes or normal clothes, they kind of blend together. But you see somebody in uniform, and what happens? They stand out. And, and I think that that's a challenge here for us today, is God wants us as believers to stand out, not in a strange way, not in an awkward way, but in a way where the image of Christ is just permeating through who we are. And, and so much of that is, I think, found in putting on the armor of God on a daily basis. To have it be visible, have it be tangible. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, it's funny, I used to tell, when I worked with the teens, I used to tell them all the time, you can live life or life can live you. And it's so easy to just, and I think it was funny, I was talking to somebody yesterday just about how the pandemic has changed our mindset of what we do on a regular basis. Because we don't have to do some of the things that we used to do all the time. And we, we can reevaluate now. We can look at things and say, okay, do I really want to continue to do this, live this way, have these things in my life, or can I change them now? Because we can easily just let the clock run our lives and let things happen and run, 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 chase, chase, chase time and then fall into bed and have the alarm go off and do it all again the next day. It's easy to do that. I understand that. I'm a very scheduled, detailed person. It's very easy for me to do that and just follow my list of things to do. But that's not necessarily how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in light of his word, in light of his will, in light of him working in our lives. And it's one of those things where we have to learn how to do that, learn how to let God impact us in a way that makes a difference for us. But let me tell you, this life is far better and far more exciting when God's involved in it. Because it's like, if you're frustrated with things and just kind of like, what's it all about? It's, you need to let God in a little bit more. I'm going to talk a little, about, little bit about that later, so I'm not going to hammer here. Now, Ephesians has a far better, better example of biblical manhood than our video, <laughs> okay? Um, and, and our video was filled with a whole bunch of stereotypes of, you know, what men are supposed to be and what the world thinks they are and all those kinds of things. And... You know, I, I, I trust God and his diversity. Every man in this room today, God has a different path for. Now, the, the ultimate path he wants, obviously, is to be a believer, to follow in his truth. But within that path, there's a whole lot to, that can be done, and there's a whole lot that God wants us to do. And so it's, it's learning how to live on that narrow path of Christian living but on the, the broad path of what God can have us do while we're on that narrow path. As crazy as that sounds. Second Chronicles 16.9a informs us, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And see, we can immediately go, Oh man, I am not perfect. I, I am just, that sets me aside. And it's not about being perfect but it's about striving for perfection 
toward the Lord. That that's, that's our goal. It's not who we are, but it's our goal. That we're looking to grow in him and to get closer to him and to understand him. And he desires that to the point where he's looking. Where are those men? Where are those people who are looking for me, who are wanting to work for me, who are wanting to have a relationship with me and to be used by me? See, God is no respecter of persons. I think we forget that. Because the world wants to keep us thinking there's this and that and there's higher and lower and all. God sees us this way. No respect for persons. No one is elevated above another in his eyes. He treats us equally. He loves us equally in a way that we've got to remind ourselves that our value is tied to the cross. Because we were all in his eyes when he was hanging there. All in his heart. All of our sin was on him. Across the board. And so it's one of those things where we have to realize that we know ourselves so well. And we know what's good about us and we know what's bad about us. And that's usually the stuff we focus on, right? Oh, this is wrong with me and that's wrong with me. And oh, if only you know. God does not see any of that stuff through the blood of Christ. See, we have to remember that we are holy in his eyes, righteous in his eyes. We are completely sinless. That's how he sees us every day, his saints. And he must like question, why do my saints do some of the stuff they do on a daily basis? And it's because we forget who we are in Christ. And so it's so important that we remember that he's looking at us. He's involved in our lives. He's wanting our best. Do you believe that? Because I remember, I, I remember there was a point in my life where it's like, I used to think God was just kind of waiting to ding me because it just stuff used to happen in my life. And it's like, no, God wants the best in my life always, all the time. And he's always working for my good, for my better. And, you know, yeah, bad stuff, crazy stuff's going to happen in my life. But God still wants the best to come out of it based on all the stuff that goes on in it. So, a champion for Christ. Going back to verse 10 here, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so part of being a champion for Christ is being strong in the power of the Lord. And, and there's, there's three other aspects of that. And the first one is a champion knows the word and speaks the word. Uh, we go to Acts 4.31. It says, When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. And so if you're a follower of Christ today, you have the Holy Spirit in your life, and he wants us to be about the word of God. Because that's what's going to transform our thinking. That's what's going to change our attitudes. And that's what's going to help us to be the, the men of God that we need to be, the people of God that we need to be. And it's getting into the word and allowing the word to get into us to change us and to make us different. And that's a lot of our frustration comes from we try so hard to be good people and God just wants us to give up and allow the Holy Spirit to make us the people that he's designed us to be. And so some of, some of the struggle we have, we can put down at the feet of Christ and say, okay, you do this work in my life. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to do the work. Because he knows where all the cracks and crevices that in our lives that need to be filled or changed or cleaned out. 
And guess what we get to do? We get to rest in him. Doesn't that sound amazing? <sighs> rest in him. Secondly, a champion knows personal limitations. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We struggle here <laughs> in a major, major way. Because it's like being content with weakness, being content with insults, being content with hardships, being content with persecutions, being content with calamities. But see, we need to realize that Christ's strength is perfect in, in the absence of our, weak, or our strength. Because when we become weak in ourselves, and we, we come to that place where it's like, I can't do this. I mean, I remember coming to that place in my Christian walk where it's like, I'm struggling on all fronts, and it's so hard to, to do all of these things. And Lord, what do you want me to do? And his, his answer was, nothing. Let me do it in you. Yield to me. Submit to me. And just trust my word and live by it. And there is so much power in the word of God. It transforms us. It renews us. It strengthens us. It builds us up. It yields unbelievable fruit. And we've got to trust that. See, that's where that faith element comes in. We've got to trust that some of the crazy stuff that God wants us to do in this book works. Because some of it's like the world says, you'd be crazy to do that. Why would you do that? Why would you walk away from this? Or why would you invite something like that into your life? The people don't understand it. But if you trust God and you move in that way and you do those things, Christ is seen. And then there's a witness and there's a testimony and there's an opportunity for God to be seen in a strong, obvious way. So a champion knows the word, speaks the word of God. A champion knows personal limitations. And that's the thing. It's, it's not getting so caught up with where our shortcomings are, but allowing God to use our strengths, use the gifts he's provided to allow us to do those things that he wants us to do. But thirdly, a champion knows that he has been transformed from the inside out. And we kind of jump back to Ephesians 3.16. It says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might by his spirit in the inner man. And that's where it needs to happen. See, as, as men, we can get so caught up in the externals, how we look, what we do, how people perceive us, how people see us. Uh, I think that's why, you know, bodybuilding is so popular because it's obvious and it's out there and, you know, people can have this big facade of an incredible, you know, physique, but inside be totally, totally crushed and isolated and not alone. See, we, we can't get so focused on the outside and what the world sees. We have to be focused on the inside and what God sees and transforming that. And that's allowing the spirit to do its work. It's allowing him to come in and, and do the work that needs to be done, the renovation work. And sometimes that's tearing major parts of our life apart to be rebuilt into something that can be used for God, that can be amazing. But it's, it's transforming it. And the word of God is that resource. See, it becomes this little cycle here. And it's like, we, that's why it is so vital. I mean, think about it. 
why is getting in the Word on a regular basis so hard? And if you're out there going, oh, it's not hard, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. I, at least, I know, for me, it's like, there is always something that wants to rob me of my time with God. Always. Something comes up in the morning, or something happens early in the day, or then if you know, that happens and I give in to that, and I'm trying to get time some other time, there's phone calls, or there's people, or there's something going on. Why do you think that is? There's unbelievable power in the Word of God. And it's vital for us as his followers to be in it and to allow it to be in us. And so it's not just, yes, reading is good and studying is great, but not only that, but in booing our hearts and our minds with his, his words and allowing it, you know, meditating on it in a way where it's like we're memorizing scripture, you know, whether it's verses or books or whatever. But being able to meditate and think and allow it to really transform our thinking and our hearts and how we live and what we do. Because that brings change. And so it's like, you know, we've got to get into it some way, somehow. So before we move on, dads, will you fight? And that's the thing here, being a champion and having the armor of God, there's this whole imagery of a fight. Dads, will you fight? Will you battle to influence the next generation to hold a strong Christian worldview using your words and your actions? Being strong in the Lord, his power, his might. So that's the thing. There's a battle to be seen here. There's a war going on, and it's, as we're going to learn, it's, it's not obvious, it's not physical, it's spiritual. And we need men, which secondly, Christian men, will you be open to God to be a, a spiritual father to someone? Like they talked about earlier, you know, we are to be making disciples. And men, we need you to be reaching other men. You know, my, my daughter was, we were talking about different things and, you know, she was, reminded me of, you know, something I heard a long time ago. But, you know, you reach a family through mom and you'll reach a family. You reach a family through dad and you'll reach not only that family, but sometimes beyond. Because men, when they have the word of God and they are beholden to it and they understand it and they have been changed by it, they want other men to know. We need you. Desperately. God wants you even more. Because think about it. Who do you know in your life that may only have 30 days? May only have 30 minutes? And see, we don't know. That's the hard part. We don't know. We don't know what driving out of the driveway may mean for us tomorrow, next week, a year from now or someone else that we know and love. That's why we need to be redeeming that time. All right, a champion for Christ, secondarily, stands strong. All right, there's an obvious difference. Going back to verse 11 in chapter 6. It says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I want to draw you back 
to the first couple of words in verse 11 there. It's put on the whole. See, we, are, we have become a people of choice. A people of the buffet line. I like this, I like that, I don't like this, I don't want that. Um, and I, you know, we, every single one of you are experiencing something today that's very frustrating. That's that thing wrapped around your face. <laughs> but just as, as willing as you are to put that on, because you know what it re represents, right? You care about your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're trying to be a witness and a testimony to you know, the people around us and all of that. Commendable. You put it on, I commend you. But now we have to be equally as in love with putting on the whole armor of God on a daily basis. Because of not only what it'll do for us, but what it will do in the world for the Lord. To stand strong, to have an obvious difference in your life. Because as it says, we do not wrestle against flesh and, flesh and blood. <laughs> little rabbit trail here. It's like my upper lip yesterday got bit by something and it was three times the size it is right now. Yesterday, my wife's like, how are you going to preach tomorrow? I said, I don't know. And by late last night, it seemed pretty normal, but today it's still a little weird, fuzzy. So if I sound a little off, that's why. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness. This is the attack, and this is why we need to stand strong. And this is why we need the armor of God. But we need all of it. Because when we pick and choose, it leaves us vulnerable. If we just put on the helmet, if we just put on the belt, if we just put on the shoes, if we just put on the breastplate, it leaves us vulnerable in other areas. And that's what God doesn't want. Because the attack is full on every day, all the time. Now, first, you need to stand strong against the lies, right? Which here is called the wiles of the devil. Sounds like an old Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> Wiley Coyote, watch out for him. But stand strong against the lies of the devil. And the biggest one I think that we all fall into is one man can't make a difference. It's the biggest lie there is. Because Christ was one man, and he made the ultimate difference. And with his life living in us and his spirit working through us, we can make a difference too. Quick story. Um, because I think you know, what one man can do... Um, oh, man, I, his name just flew out of my head. <laughs> it's not wonderful. Maybe God wants to de-identify him. Anyway... In Arizona, in a weird neighborhood, a bus ministry used to come through my neighborhood. And there was a guy on that bus. And he was faithful to make it exciting to get on the bus, be on the bus, and go to church. And one day, you know, my mom told me, you know, tell them that you want to get baptized. And I was like, sure, okay, whatever. And so, you know, she's an unbeliever, my mom. Unbeliever, my dad, unbeliever. My parents were unbelievers until much later in my life. Um, still uncertain of where my dad stood, but my mom came to Christ much, when I was much older. Anyway, 
So I told him, and he's like, that's great, that's exciting, that's wonderful. And then, <laughs> then the classes began, because he wanted to make sure I understood what that meant. I was a 10-year-old boy at the time, and all I knew was my mom wanted me to be baptized. Didn't have a clue what that meant. Well, sort of maybe, because I grew up in the church a little bit. But he made sure that I knew what baptism was about. He made sure that every week I was understanding that Christ came to die for me, that Christ needed to pay for my sin, what my sin was, and the fact that even as a young kid, there was a whole lot of sin that needed to be dealt with. And not only that, but Christ was going to pay for all the sin I had done up until that point and everything that was going to happen going forward. He paid for all sin. Unlimited atonement, right? And so that one man worked in my life, made sure I came, to, you know, got to that understanding of who Christ was and what he did to the point where it led me to the Lord. And that was a transformation for me. And then I got baptized, and that made my mom happy, and then all of a sudden, it never mattered to her anymore, which is kind of bizarre. But one man can make a difference. And you have to understand that. And as one man makes a difference, now, that guy has no clue where I've ended up. Not a clue. I was a kid that was, you know, in Mesa, Arizona for a little while, and then all of a sudden I vanished because we moved, 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 moved. And it's like, I just, I think about what's going to be attributed to his ministry. Because it's cool. Because, I mean, I've done a lot. <laughs> Not just here. I mean, you know, we were on the mission field for almost 10 years. And we were working with churches all the time and summer camps all the time and seeing people come to the Lord. Because one man made sure one kid who was open came to Christ. One man. That's all we need. There's one man to be yielded to God, to put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, to go into battle on a daily basis. And realize we're not guaranteed all of today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of it is. And, but the enemy wants us to realize one man can't make a difference. Not only that, now I can't see because I'm crying. I'm not equipped to do what's needed. That's the other one. Oh, you, you know, you, don't, you, you need teaching. You need training. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you know how to tell someone else. It's that simple. But I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I'm not a good at explaining spiritual things. I don't know the Bible well enough. Lies, 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 lies. If you're calling yourself a follower of Christ today, you know what it takes. And it doesn't take a lot. Oh, I've got plenty of time in the future. I can do that then. People are going to think I'm some kind of fanatic. Who am I to be telling other people how to live? And I think that's, there's a dynamic there that I, I, I think we've got to address. If you're living the Christian life and it's not incredible for you, you're not living it right. God shows himself strong on a regular basis. God brings blessing to my vision continually. 
I see him, I hear him, I, I, I'm involved with him on a regular basis. And that is intense. And so if the Christian life is boring for you, something's wrong. Let me just let you know that. Because we are sons and daughters of Almighty God, a Heavenly Father who holds it all in His hands, who can do amazing, immeasurable things that we can't even think about. And if the Christian life is boring for you, something needs to change. Because God is far beyond that. And I understand we have stuff going on in our lives, and I understand that things happen and overwhelm us, and that's where our brothers and sisters can come alongside us and challenge us and help us along the way. But the whole armor of God needs to happen, and we need to stand strong against these lies. And there's a, there's a kind of something that even goes beyond just the lies of the devil, and it's something I call, well, I call, I, I teach, and that's strongholds. And, and I kind of define strongholds as believing the lie of the enemy, which is anything contrary to who God says we are. And that can be either wrong thought patterns, false beliefs, wrong attitudes, wrong motives, a false identity. And see, that's the thing. Christ has brought this immeasurable change into our life when we started trusting him and started walking in his ways. And the enemy on a regular basis is trying to tear that strength down, tear that truth down, bring that away. Because it's like, for some of us, you know, we, we felt a burden lifted. We felt change in our lives. But for some people, they feel like my life hasn't changed much. Because we have expectations of it. Well, it should be different. I'm a Christian. This should be happening. That should be happening. Uh, some people get caught up with, you know, if my life isn't perfect and everything's rosy and I have no problems, something's wrong. And the thing is, is Christians have problems. Can I get an amen? <laughs> We've got problems. And I think that, that's what God uses to show himself strong. And we've got to learn how to use the problems in our life to reveal Christ. But whether it's wrong thought patterns, false beliefs, wrong attitudes, wrong motives, or, or false identity, you've got to stand strong in the Lord and be obvious about what he's doing in your life. And he wants to take those things from you because all they do is they rob us. They rob us from a rich Christian living. They rob us from seeing and hearing him on a regular basis. They rob us from enjoying the relationships we have because it holds us back. It holds us down. Um, you know, f being a little transparent, men are challenged to talk with other men because it's always a competition. There's this weird competitive element, and trust me, I am one of the most competitive people you will ever meet. But it, there's, there's an element there that we never want to talk about things that we need help with or that we want to get beyond. And it keeps us locked in this place of almost hopelessness. It's, it's strange. And, you know, we can try and we can try and we can try, but God's designed us for community and he's designed us for this team kind of a thing. And until we are open and willing to 
start talking to at least one other man that you can respect and trust, it's going to be hard for you to move forward as a Christian man. It just is. We're built for community. And to think that, you know, well, if I let somebody know I'm less than, they'll exploit it. Because, you know, that's, that's what the world does. It's always trying to one-up, 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 and put other people down. Christian life is not like that. It's about pulling people up, lifting people up, raising people up. And we need to do that as Christian men with other men around us. And it can change the world. Thirdly, we have to stand strong in the truth. And that's, the truth is, you know what? We all have shortcomings. You know, uh, there's a host of things that I am completely ignorant about. <laughs> a whole host. There are some things that I have some enough knowledge to be dangerous about. <laughs> and then there's a few things that I actually have a handle on. Very few. <laughs> but before we move on, I want to just challenge you guys. Dads, are there strongholds in your life that are preventing you from standing strong or that are holding you back? And for me, especially as a father, I was petrified to become a dad because my dad was non-existent in my life. And I thought, I have no equipment for this, none whatsoever. And God's like, hello, <laughs> I'm your heavenly father and I have all of this wisdom for you. It's in this thing called the Bible. <laughs> Pick it up and learn and grow. And it has safeguarded me from a lot. But I still made mistakes as a father. Um, I apologize to my kids constantly <laughs> for things I've learned that I did wrong as a dad of young children. If, if you want to be tested to the edge of your life, have children. At least that's how it was for me. I was definitely tested and challenged, but it grew me into a different person for sure. Christian men, is the enemy distracting you from preparing or being the man of God you were designed to be? And you have to take inventory, guys. You have to take inventory. Don't just make it through this life. There's so much more to be had. God has so much more for us as his followers than just getting to the end of the game. There's so much more. All right, thirdly, I've got a short story for you. Uh, who knows a uh, little store chain called Walmart? <laughs> You're familiar with Walmart? Okay. Well, before Sam Walton founded Walmart, he lost his first store. It was a Ben Franklin variety store. How many of you remember, remember those? Yeah. I only know that because of my wife. She used to shop there. There was one in where, I think? Anyway, uh, it was a Ben Franklin store, and he had it for five years. Uh, Sam Walton wrote of the experience. It was the low point of my business life. I felt sick to my stomach. I couldn't believe it was happening to me. It really was a nightmare. I had built the best variety store in the whole region and worked hard in that community, done everything right, and now I was being kicked out of the town. It didn't seem fair. 
I've always thought of problems as challenges, and this one wasn't any different. The challenge at hand was simple enough to figure out. I had to pick myself up, get on with it, and do it over again, only this time even better. I had a chance for a brand new start, and this time I knew what I was doing. Um, and, and there's a couple of quotes that most entrepreneurs kind of hold to. Uh, there are no failures in life, only those who quit before success. Uh, failure is a part of learning. And the formula for success is trying until you succeed. If you give up during the struggle, you will never experience the victory. Which leads us to our third point, which is a champion for Christ continues strong, perseveres as an example. And that's what our world desperately needs. Because, you know, as men, yes, we are visual, and so we need to see it. We want to see it work. Show others how it happens. That it's real. That it's not just talk. Uh, verse 13. It says, therefore, take up. And that word take up there in the Greek talks about receiving this. The whole armor of God. So we were told before to put it on, now we're to receive it. So it's, it's not just having it on, it's understanding what it does for you. The whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains." that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes or sandals of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the word of God, a source of strength being praying in the spirit, and an attitude of a representative being able to appropriate boldness. Hang in with me for just a bit because I really want to drive home something. The whole armor of God, there should be multiple signs that you are different from the world. If you're just blending in, you're making a mistake. And you're also missing an incredible aspect of how you can change your world your sphere of influence, the people that are around you. God has a plan for that. You should be aware that there is a daily battle to prevent your success. And that's why it's hard. It's hard to, to get up knowing it's another fight today. It's another battle today. And that's why it's, it's so important to have a band of Christian brothers that can encourage you, can lift you up, can say, hey, you know, it's, yeah, it was a hard day, but, you know, we're going to get it tomorrow. And having that one or two guys around you that can challenge you in the truth, challenge you in the way that, hey, you know, today might be down, but tomorrow might be up. Let's keep going after it. 
and having those people in your life that can do that. Um, if the enemy can keep you focused on division, there'll never be unity because you'll be so focused on those things. If you have a vulnerability, guess what? The, uh, the enemy's going to try to exploit it. Be ready for it. Expect it. If you're focused on doing great things for God, there'll be even more pushback. Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that make you want to do this even more now? But to me, it's like I see pushback now as an encouragement because it's like I must be doing something right because there's so much pushback. And if it's in line with Scripture and in line with God's truth, I trust that I'm going in the right direction because the enemy... Believe this. You know, it's funny. I, I told, I told a, a young married couple you know, that were just kind of dealing with some things, and I experienced it in my own life, but I, I trust that you know, a couple that can do great things for the Lord is going to experience some challenges because he wants to break that up. He wants to prevent that from happening. And so there, all these little things can become part of a relationship because it's like, if he can keep you guys bickering and focusing on all that crazy stuff, guess what? You're not focusing on things you can do for the Lord. You don't care because you just want to get through another day where you're not fighting or arguing or at odds. So push that stuff aside and focus on, okay, what can we do for the Lord? What can we do to become a better couple and strengthen ourselves and move forward? The whole armor of God is necessary. Otherwise, why would we be challenged multiple times to put the whole armor of God on? And I believe there's, there's probably a, a synergy or an element of strength that comes as part of all of it works together in unity. Um, the radical call that Paul extended was matched by a radical enabling that God provided. And God has provided all of these things for our use and for our strength and for our good. Why keep them aside? Why just lock them in a drawer? God calls men to be champions for him and provides his armor to do the job. If you're struggling to stand for the Lord, you probably aren't wearing the whole armor of God. You maybe you have the, the helmet on or maybe you have the belt on today and it's, you're just, you got part of it going on. You need the whole thing. We must serve God on his terms and not our own. It starts with being a follower of Christ, continues by yielding your life to be sanctified by him, grows through investing time in God's word and prayer, becomes visible when you put the whole armor of God on, is tested and strengthened by opening your life up, maybe to a mentor or a life coach, and purified through the trials of life. And James tells us that, right? Trials are there and they're gonna refine us and strengthen us and equip us to be even better than we are. A champion for Christ is strong in the power of the Lord, stands strong with an obvious difference in his life, continues strong and perseveres as an example and again, I want to remind you, we have no idea how much time we have or anyone else in our lives. So why waste that time? I close with this. You're like, finally. Dads, Christian men, where are you on your journey? 
And maybe you haven't really figured out, hey, there's a journey to be had and I'm on it and I need to figure out where I am on the map. Are you uncertain of where your eternity will be? You could be there. Are you frustrated where things are or how your life is? Are you feeling isolated or confused about what to do next? Are you wanting more out of your Christian life? I mean, my heart today is for men, dads, to do business with God today and not just let this be another Father's Day that goes by, another day that happens in your life, another challenge from the Word of God, but to really be involved, connected to your life and where it's going to go. I mean, the world wants to tell us we're sort of adrift and uh, with God's strength, right? We can do one thing, two things, right? No, anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so it's like, it's really unlimited. But it starts with getting connected to God and following his plan and where he wants you to go. Do business with God today and choose to do something about the next step in your journey. Um, and I'm asking you not to wait another day. Um, let me know somehow if you want change in your life. Um, I have been praying for the men of our church for years. Um, I, I want to see our men's ministry become something that feeds the men of our church in a very tangible way, a way that's going to be effective. And, that, and that's going to start with men who want to see change. And so let me know. I, I put my email up here. Email me, call me, text me, uh, so I can pray for you specifically, or, I don't know, maybe we can start meeting and make a difference in the journey you want. I don't know. But I just don't want you as a man to think, no one cares. And no one knows. Because there's nothing more tragic than to just let a life go by and just try to make it through the day and make it through the week. There's so much more to be had, especially as a Christian man. So pray with me. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, thankful for the fact that you provide everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. And Lord, your word is such a rich resource. Not only of information, but Lord, power, strength, might, transforming power that can change a life. Lord, I ask for every father here today that they would understand the power that they, they hold and they have. Lord, also for every Christian man here today that they would understand that there can be so much more involved in their life. Lord, let us leave here today feeling changed, feeling connected to you in a greater way. But Lord, also evaluating where we are compared to where we need to be so that we can make those steps, take those steps, make the changes to get closer to you, to get more involved with your plan and not get sidetracked by the lies of the enemy. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Stay healthy.